The Daily 202's Big Idea is sponsored by U.S. Bank, the power of possible. Learn more at usbank.com newsroom. Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Friday, July 6th. In today's news, America's tariffs on China took effect at midnight. President Trump appears to have narrowed his Supreme Court shortlist down to two. And the army has begun discharging immigrants who were promised a pathway to citizenship. But first, the big idea. Scott Pruitt is finally pushed out as Trump reaches his boiling point. The embattled chief of the Environmental Protection Agency, Scott Pruitt, was pushed out on Thursday following months of ethics and spending scandals that have started more than a dozen separate federal inquiries into his behavior. Those scandals included questions about taxpayer-funded first-class travel, a discounted condo rental from a D.C. lobbyist's wife, and the installation of a $43,000 soundproof phone booth in his office. Pruitt's reputation as a dogged deregulator and outspoken booster of the president allowed him to weather the scandals for a surprising duration of time. But revelations about his behavior continued to mount, including reports that he repeatedly enlisted subordinates to help him search for housing, book personal travel, and help search for a six-figure job for his wife. In recent weeks, an exodus of staffers left Pruitt feeling increasingly isolated, and crucially, some Republican lawmakers tired of defending him. That was a key factor. Ultimately, inside Trump world, this is a huge win for White House Chief of Staff John Kelly. He's been on the outs with Trump, but he pushed hard internally for Pruitt to get fired over the past several weeks. Pruitt was hanging out at the White House on Wednesday night for the July 4th barbecue, watching the fireworks and in good spirits. He believed he had told allies that he had weathered the storm by sucking up to the president. But during a Thursday flight on Air Force One to a rally in Montana, Kelly, when he got Trump alone, was able to persuade the president that Pruitt was hurting his own image and needed to be cut loose. Sources tell us that Kelly emphasized to his boss that the stories about Pruitt's behavior were not going away and that several more were coming. What was the final straw for Trump? Well, a fresh round of reports emerged Thursday morning that a scheduler at the EPA was let go after she objected to what she believed was an unlawful order to tamper with Pruitt's travel records. The young woman was told to delete all references on the calendar to Cardinal George Pell, who had dined with Pruitt in Rome and soon after was charged with sexual misconduct. The scheduler said that was against federal open records law and wouldn't do it. Soon after, she was dismissed. She lasted only three months in the job, but she then received a severance package for a month and a half after leaving the agency, even though federal employment law says such payments are not permissible. Now, Trump didn't do the dirty work. He declined to call Pruitt to tell him he was fired, leaving that to Kelly. Trump did call Pruitt's deputy, Andrew Wheeler, to inform him that he would be taking the helm of the agency for now. Wheeler is a longtime lobbyist for the coal industry, and he promises to take a pro-industry approach to running the Environmental Protection Agency. He's expected to pick up where the departing Pruitt left off in terms of rolling back protections for the air and the water, and relaxing restrictions on the use of toxic chemicals. Ultimately, more than the ethics scandals, that will be Pruitt's biggest legacy. All told, Trump has now had more turnover in his cabinet at this point in his tenure than any president in the last hundred years. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, three months of rhetoric just became reality. 
The U.S. imposed the first tariffs on $34 billion worth of Chinese goods at midnight Eastern on Friday, and China immediately retaliated, launching a commercial battle that analysts fear could shake markets and cramp global business. Beijing slapped levies on an equal amount of American goods, including heartland staples like soybeans, corn, pork, and poultry. Trump said that the move would compel him to hit China back with another round of duties on up to $500 billion in products. To put that in context, that's nearly all of China's exports to the United States. This is how trade wars start. And as Trump is going to learn in a quite painful way, they're not easy to win, as he said a few weeks back. Meanwhile, China accused the United States of violating World Trade Organization rules and of setting off by size what's already going to be the largest trade war in economic history. The financial jousting is prompting concern that the cost of a wide range of goods will soar for consumers like you. To top things off, Mexico also today began imposing its second wave of retaliatory tariffs on U.S. goods. The Mexicans are targeting U.S. agriculture in a tit-for-tat response to what Trump recently did to them. Number two, during that July 4th party at the White House where Pruitt was, Trump was overheard by several people asking friends and advisors about two judges that he's considering for the Supreme Court, Brett Kavanaugh and Raymond Kethledge. This is prompting many in Trump's inner circle to believe that those two guys are the finalists to replace the retiring Anthony Kennedy. Still, most Trump advisors are cautioning that Trump could change his mind, he often does, and may consider other names in the coming days. He's still set to make the announcement on Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern at the White House. Several people tell us that Amy Barrett, a third judge from Indiana, also remains in the mix. Barrett, who says she has a flexible approach to honoring legal precedent, would be the most provocative pick. She'd give Trump the culture war he craves. But she's also relatively inexperienced. She got confirmed last fall, so she's served on the appeals court for less than a year. And she has the longest paper trail in terms of being outspokenly anti-abortion. No one doubts that she would try to overturn Roe v. Wade as soon as she could, which would make it difficult for Republican Senators Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski, who say that they support abortion rights, to vote for her. Kavanaugh would be the most conventional pick, but conservatives have raised concerns about some of his decisions being a little too wishy-washy, including one specifically on Obamacare. Kethledge's decade on the court is his biggest asset, but he may be the least exciting pick on the list, which is a big strike against him for the reality TV star president who's told people that he wants to feel a sense of chemistry with whoever he picks. Meanwhile, Trump actually made a courtesy call to Democratic Senate leader Chuck Schumer to ask for his thoughts on the court vacancy, not expecting that he'd actually take them seriously, but as a courtesy. Schumer told Trump that he ought to pick Merrick Garland, the guy that Republicans refused to schedule a hearing or vote for in 2016. You can file that away in things that will never happen. Number three, the U.S. Army has begun abruptly discharging immigrant reservists and recruits who were promised a pathway to citizenship if they enlisted. The Associated Press reports that immigration attorneys know of more than 40 individuals who have been discharged or whose status has become questionable. The plan to discharge immigrants appears to have been in the works for more than a year. Some service members say they weren't told why they were being discharged, while others who pressed for answers said the Army informed them that they've been labeled as security risks, but then they wouldn't share additional details. It's unclear how these discharges could affect the service members' legal status as immigrants. The Defense Department says in a statement that all service members with an honorable discharge are going to be protected from deportation. But many immigrants have been let go with what in the military is called an uncharacterized discharge, which means that it's neither honorable 
nor dishonorable, and those immigrants appear to be in limbo. Meanwhile, showing that the military overall is becoming less inclusive, almost all transgender applicants to join the Defense Department say their recruitment process has been stalled. Six months have now passed since a federal court ordered Trump not to ban transgender people from serving in the military. But many applicants are being turned away anyway, and others who are able to sign up aren't getting called up for training, even though the military faces a shortage of recruits in multiple branches. And that's The Daily 202 for Friday, July 6th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Holman. Have a great weekend. I'll talk to you on Monday.